Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And I'm joined today by my awesome friend, Pastor Richard Lejeune. And my cohort in crime, <laughs> Pastor Curtis King. Good morning, sir. I love it when you say cohort in crime because... Uh, probably the worst crime that either you or I have ever committed is maybe going a mile or two over the speed limit. And uh, that's probably about, I, I think, I mean, you never like, like shot and killed anybody or anything, have you? I, um, I, the Fifth Amendment is part uh, of our Constitution uh, for a reason. Uh, so, uh, no, I've never shot anybody. Of no, course not. Okay. So, so. I, so the crimes that you're referring, maybe we should just talk about after the podcast is over. Anyway, good to see you, buddy. <laughs> good to see you today. It's been uh, a day. Oh. Has it ever, for everybody watching or listening, this is round two. <laughs> we, we, uh, and we're recording this at 4.17 in the afternoon. We tried this at nine o'clock this morning and my laptop died halfway through and oh good. And it was downhill from there. It was <laughs> even pastors have challenging days occasionally, but Neither of us said any dirty words, okay? Um, at, least at least not while we were on camera together. It, so. Yeah, at least I didn't say any dirty words. I don't know if you need to plead the fifth again. Mm. Um, you, you'd probably have church members who are watching this, so... Uh. Yeah, no no dirty words. I, <laughs> no I was not words. the one who lost my computer, so... No, but we did get yours back up and working. We did. So, <laughs> so we did. <laughs> We went upstairs. I went upstairs to try to do this from the church office. And uh, honestly, that, that feels like that was two weeks ago. I don't even remember what happened up there, but it didn't work. And didn't. Uh, after a lot of effort to try to get it all ready. But anyway, uh, regardless, um, regardless, I am very happy that we are here. We're going to record two episodes t- today because this time next week, I will be with you in Connecticut. Yes, if you're watching this podcast uh, when it was released or the week it was released, Pastor King will be our guest speaker in church Sunday morning and Sunday evening. I am excited. I yeah, really am. so w- what what are you preaching on? That's what everybody wants to know. Well, I have two sets of sermons, okay? Uh, so I'm, I'm bringing four with me. And uh, I can't do one from each set because they kind of go together. And uh, uh, I have... Um, Two sermons that are very um, loving and pastoral and comforting and hang in there type sermons. I also have two that are fire you up, you know, let's get fired up for Jesus kind of sermons. And um, I just don't know. I really don't know. Um, I am more of a pastor than I am an evangelist or a guest preacher or a fire you up kind of preacher. I typically preach more pastoral sermons, so my heart leans that way, but I don't I don't know. I'm just going to pray a lot between now and next Sunday and see what direction I feel. It may be a last-minute call, which, by the way, are you? will you be able to put my outline up on the screen? We do it every week. Okay, so um, um, I have some pictures that go with one of the sermons that um, – Anyway, we can talk about all that. Yeah, later, do I do yeah. that stuff all the time? You, yeah. you don't hold them up to on your phone for <laughs> everyone in your church to. 
That's the well, that's the money Monday Madison running joke. Uh, Monday Madison, and I will hold this up to the right oh, there. Eight, hey, here he goes. Eight degrees out there. <laughs> eight degrees, oh, and that my. is up from five degrees when we recorded this morning. Oh and my! When I wake up in the morning, it's going to be three. So yeah. uh, I just drove along the Niagara River. Okay. okay. And um is it frozen? Uh, I, yes, not all the way across, but the shoreline probably uh in most places it looks like 20 feet out it is frozen. And man, it is cold up here. Oh. Well, it is uh currently 17 a balmy 17 degrees here in Stratford. <laughs> we have an overnight low of 1. Oh, that's worse than here. So oh. Oh my it's, goodness. Uh, it's, it is plummeting as we speak. When, uh, when people think of, of me living in the Buffalo Niagara Falls area, this is what they think of this. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but I do think today is the coldest day we've had since I've lived here. I, I think it is. I don't know that for a fact, but uh, if it's been colder, and the wind, I, I, you saw my ball cap earlier. The wind has blown my ball cap off of my bald head twice today. So uh, and you need to just get a beanie and then uh, you, you'll be safe. Or, uh, or hair plugs. Okay. You can go that route. <laughs> now, this is a side note. Okay. And we don't have long, but I'm going to hit this real quick. I, know, yeah. I <laughs> mentioned hair plugs. Two bald guys talking about hair plugs. Okay. So I, I had an article come across oh, my man. news feed last week. Uh huh. Almost as though my phone knows I'm bald. Yeah. And it was written by a guy who found an alternative market international to get hair plugs at like a fourth of the cost. Oh, and no. it's in Istanbul, Turkey. <laughs> So the tourism market in Istanbul right now is being driven by people who buy a package that includes a five-star mm -hmm. hotel, round-trip airplane tickets, and hair plugs. <laughs> Let's go! Let's do it! Let's do it, man! Five-star So how much does this whole uh, package cost? Uh, it's three or $4,000. But oh. to get your hair done in, like, a New York City area, it's, like, yeah. $12,000. Man. So... Listen, uh, we need uh, we need a pastor's missions trip to Istanbul. That's what we need. <laughs> well, they need Jesus over there. We may yes, not come back do. alive if we go tell them about Jesus, but they need Jesus over there. So. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Hey, we've been getting our jokes of the day because we've been cutting. In fact, we cut up more this time than we did earlier this morning when we tried to record. So who? I go first. Okay, all right. So there's this guy visiting a church, never been there before, sitting there in the service, and the pastor gets up to make announcements, and he's just running through all the announcements. And, and one of them, he says that there will be a meeting of the church board um, at the end of the service. Uh, just come down to the front. We'll have a short meeting, and it goes on the rest of the announcement. Chili cook off February 26th, all the rest of the announcements. <laughs> so so um the end of the service comes and the pastor is standing down front with the deacons and trustees and they're talking about whatever. And this visitor comes and, uh, and, and joins them in on the meeting. And 
the pastor says, uh, sir, I, I'm, I'm, we're so glad you visit our church today, but I'm really sorry. This is just a meeting for the church board. And the visitor said, well, I was just as bored as anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. There you go. <laughs> Happens every service at Calvary Baptist. Yes. Never have a meeting for those who are bored at church. That is right. You'll have a large <laughs> attendance. <laughs> oh man yeah All right okay Pretty first, so, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah sometimes a little bit too much all right here's my joke so right. there there's a judge he tells the defendant he says you're you're charged with attacking your boss with a hammer a little old man in the back of the room he yells out you jerk <laughs> and the, the judge, he's patient, and he, and he continues on, just very uh, dignified. He says, "You're also." It's a good joke. Keep going. Says, never, never mind yeah, me. You're also charged with attacking a bartender with a hammer. Um, the same little old man in the back of the room, jerk. So. The judge bangs his gavel and says, "Sir, one more outburst, and I'll I'll have you locked up for contempt of court." The man stands up, takes his hat off, and puts it to his chest. He says, "I'm sorry, Your Honor." He says, "That man up there, he's been my neighbor for ten years, and every time I've asked to borrow his hammer, he told me he didn't have one." <laughs> you told it better the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have to excuse me for getting so tickled at this. It's just been a day, man. I think my bald head just turned red. <laughs> You've hit slap happy mode, haven't you? So. I think I think that's where I am. That, uh -huh. Either that or I, I can't stop thinking about my chili I got cooking upstairs in the church kitchen. That's <laughs> got you happy. Oh, yeah. I wish you could come over because I got a whole bunch of it, man. We would have a blast eating my pork shoulder chili. So, yes. Glory. Uh, Two good jokes today. We only had one vote last week from Jason in your church, and he voted for me. So, But, but only one vote. It's kind of hard to uh, – so we need lots of votes today. Hey, I'm going to let you give the review. Uh, today we are um, finalizing the uh, 10 biblical ingredients for happiness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, we have, had, we have had a better response on this series than any that we've ever done. Um, uh, I think we are approaching 1,600 views, uh, just Facebook. That doesn't count our uh, Apple podcast and all the rest of those. Um, and um, the day before yesterday, I went back and counted those who liked um, um, the this episode, and they were from 11 different countries. And that's not just listened to, that's that actually liked it. So uh, I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, that's great. Yeah, from all over the, all over the world and um uh, and I, yeah, I don't know how to check on our Apple podcast and the other venues, but, um, but this has been uh, very well received. We got a great one. We're going to start next week for two weeks that I guess we don't have enough time to go into, um, right now, but, um, maybe, maybe at the end, if we have a minute or two at the end, we can chat about that. So why don't, why don't you, uh, catch us up and give us one through, uh, seven, of the biblical ingredients for happiness, and then uh, we'll give eight, nine, and ten today. Absolutely. So we're looking at ten biblical ingredients for happiness. We said happiness is something that everybody wants and works very hard 
to achieve and very few actually live happy all the time. Most people are up and down with their happiness depending on outward stimuli. But God gives us verses from the Bible that directly tells us how to be happy. Mm-hmm. And if your creator and king is telling you how to be happy, then you should pay attention to those verses and follow exactly what the Bible says. So here they are. The first one we gave was probably the most important, yeah. and it is obedience. We said that uh, there are boundaries that God puts around us to maximize happiness. And when you stay inside those boundaries, that's the happy zone. Mm-hmm. When you walk outside of those boundaries, you're walking away from the light. You're walking away from life. You're walking away from love. And when you walk away from those things, you begin to experience uh, a dearth of happiness. So obedience. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about having a biblical family, we treaded carefully here because we said so many people uh, are in a spot where they're not doing family God's way, and they might even be locked into a bad setup. So what we admonish you to do is that if you're single, make sure you do the biblical family God's way moving forward. If you are in a bad situation or in an unbiblical situation, take biblical principles and make the very best you can out of it, mm-hmm. and God will lead you into happiness. Um, hard work. Man does not work, neither should he eat. You work hard. The verse we used there was Psalm 128.2. It says, uh, For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. So learn how to uh, work hard, and you find a happiness there. Having the right God. And then last week we looked at hope in God, wisdom, and mercy. My sermon this mercy. Um, uh, but mercy definitely brings about a happiness from when we are... Uh, loving on uh, the poor. We're showing mercy to those who don't deserve it. Uh, God definitely gives you a sense of happiness when you have done that. So those are the first seven ingredients. Pastor Mm -hmm. King, why don't you take it away with number eight? Yes, number eight. Um, And each of these, the verses that we've shared, uh, they, they literally just come right out and say, you will be happy if you do this, basically. Um, and so this one, number eight, is reverence, okay, a spirit of reverence in your heart. And the verse is Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen, where the Bible says, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. So the first part of that verse is, Happy is the man that feareth, feareth always. And I do think we probably need to offer some explanation about fear, Um Fearing here is talking about the fear of God, okay? And the fear of God is a healthy thing. It is not unhealthy. Um, earlier, uh, Pastor Lejeune and I were saying that, you know, during COVID, uh, the whole world was stricken with fear. Uh, on one hand, you had people who were fearful of COVID, but on the other hand, you had people who are fearful of the government. And it's like, fear is fear. And we're not supposed to live in fear, Um uh, that, that's just not a healthy way for us to live. And and for those who think, well, the government's coming after us. Well, okay, the government in, in the biblical times were coming after them, but they didn't live in fear because they knew that, that Jesus was their savior, heaven was their home, and all things work together for good to them that love God, them were called according to his purpose. So you don't have to live in fear, uh, no, no matter what. I, listen, I'm not afraid of 
Joe Biden, I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm not, a, I, I'm just not afraid. I'm just not going to live my life in fear. So when, when that's talking about fearing, that's not what it's saying. Okay. Happy is the man that feareth always. It's talking about the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And um, that means to have a reverence. Now, I had a fear of my dad growing up. I did not have, I was not scared of my dad, but I had a fear of my dad. I was not, I didn't walk around eggshells afraid my dad was going to beat the tar out of me for, for nothing. But I did know that when I stepped out of bounds and disobeyed my dad, that my dad was going to take care of that. He would issue whatever punishment was appropriate. Uh, and that gave me a respect. As long as I stayed in the boundaries, I was not scared of my dad, but I did have a reverence, a respect for my dad. Now, what I would say to you today is this, that um, if you are living outside of obedience, going back to point one of the obedience of the Lord, uh, you've got reason to be a little nervous about what God might do because he doesn't appreciate his children just living in abject rebellion against him. That That's not going to fly. But even if you are living within the boundaries, there's always to be that reverence, that reverence. And I do fear, and I'm not, I'm not a doom and gloomer, and I don't want to always act like our current culture is the worst in the history of the world. I don't know that to be true. I don't think that's the truth, just to be honest. But I will say that it feels like there is not a respect for God in general, from people like there was when I was a little boy. Um, when I was a little boy, um, not everybody obeyed the Bible, but everybody kind of, most everybody I knew anyways, at least believed it and respected it. And uh, a lot of that has been lost. And uh, consequently, uh, happiness has been lost. Yeah. Um, if God is not God to you, then who is? It's you. You are your own God. And I just want to tell you, listen, you're listening to two guys right now that really care about you. Okay. If you are your own God, I'm just going to tell you right now, that does not work. It just does not work. You are not qualified. You are not capable of being God. But when you realize who is God, going back to point <laughs> of having the right guy point four, when you realize who really is God and you have reverence for him within those boundaries, there is incredible happiness. So that's number eight, reverence. Number nine is endurance. James chapter five, verse 11 is a wonderful verse. It says, behold, we count them happy, which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So Job gets the uh, gets the happy trophy for having endured. And let me tell you, he endured some very heavy stuff. Now, to be clear, the entire story of Job, we don't find Job happy. Mm -hmm. um, Job starts out the story a happy man, and then uh, God gives Satan permission to um, rain down trial and hardship on him. And sure enough, if you're watching this, I'm sure you know the story. I don't think Job was happy to find out that all of his, 
you know, cattle had been stolen and a fireball had dropped out of heaven and, and killed others. And um, all of his servants had been killed. I don't think Job was jumping up and down with happiness when he heard that the four corners of the home had collapsed on his children and that they were all dead. I don't think Job was so happy when he was struck down with um, uh, boils and his wife told him to curse God and die and left him. I don't think that was a happy day for Job. So to be clear, where did Job's happiness come from? It came when he endured to the end. He stayed Mm -hmm. faithful to God. And I wish I could tell you that I'm happy all the time. Um, I'm just not happy all the time. Sometimes when life is hard, uh, I, uh, my happiness, uh, isn't right on the surface. When I get a tough phone call from a church member who's going through a hardship, um, and I shed a tear with them, that happiness isn't there. But can I tell you where you do find happiness? When you follow biblical principles and you do what's right and you live at this and stay at this long enough to watch God come through. And you watch God bless, and you watch God prosper, and you watch God rain down good things on your life, and you reap good, and you sow good, and you endure through the hardship. And when you've done that, then you get to the end like Job, and you smile real big and say, God has blessed me with double than I had before the trial. So uh, you have to endure. And some of you here, the admonishment to you is, you, you you say, Pastor uh, Lejeune, Pastor King, I was doing well, and then all this hardship just dropped on me, and now my happiness is gone. We have both been there. Trust me, we have both been there. But we've both also walked through the trial long enough to see that God turns that trial into a blessing, and you endure, you'll find happiness again. Amen. You know, Richard, I think this is Pastor Lejeune. I'm sorry. <laughs> he never tells me to say that, but I, I, this is probably a really good spot for us. Uh, and we're doing pretty good on time. This is probably a good spot for us to plug the next two weeks. Okay. About endurance. Um, as you were saying that, I thought about uh, Proverbs where it says, um, if thou faint, or Psalms where it says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Yeah. And I'm thinking of a couple of times I did faint in the day of adversity. Okay. Um, I'm sure we all could think of some times that adversity just got so hot, so heavy that we just collapsed under it. Um, we've all been there. Okay. Uh, and what that revealed to me was that my strength was small. Um, but in my collapse, or I should say collapses, <laughs> I look back and I realized my strength was small and I thought, I don't want my strength to stay small the rest of my life. I want to beef up. And um, so the next two weeks, let me just plug it right here. I really want to encourage you to listen. The title of um, our next series is The Art of the Rebound. The Art of the Rebound. And um, uh, if you have stumbled or fallen or gotten off track or um, uh, been had the wind knocked out of you, spiritually speaking, whatever it might be. Uh, maybe you've gone through some horrific health issue. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you've gone through a, the loss of a loved one that just devastated, whatever. Um, the art of the rebound is what we're going to talk about. And uh, you, you might say, Pastor, at this current state, I am not enduring. 
Okay, if you are not enduring right now, you're probably also not happy right now, but you can rebound. You Just because you are not enduring, that means you can't endure. And uh, so um, that's my little plug. Uh, you, do you want to say anything about that uh, uh, the next two weeks before we move on to point 10? I told the church here, um, it would have been a, a two Sundays ago when this airs, that valleys are just... Um, uh, an area surrounded by two high points. Mm -hmm. And if you quit in the valley, you're going to stay in the valley. Mm -hmm. You wow, get out of the valley, good. you got to keep walking forward and you got to walk up and it's challenging. And you know what I can tell you, uh, this rebound is a metaphor from uh, the game of basketball. And I grew up playing basketball. I know you played your share as a, as a child. I still get out there and play. Uh, with my son and whatnot. But the, the key to being a good rebounder in basketball is you just have to have tenacity that says, I'm going to go get it. Yeah. The biggest guy on the court is not generally the guy who gets the most rebounds. The most tenacious guy on the court is the one who gets the most rebounds. Yes. And if you're going to if you're gonna walk out of your valley, there's got to be some tenacity about you. You're yep. going to have to get some fight and crawl, and you're going to have to go after it. So we hope to equip you and encourage you to endure so that you can dust yourself off and move on with life. Amen. Amen. Endurance is hard. It is hard work. And, um, uh, but you, you can bounce back. You, I promise you, you can. Um, you're right. Tenacity. Uh, and I, I know we got to get on point 10 here, but I'll just say this, that when, when I was in high school, I played forward. Now that's not that impressive because it was a small Christian school and we played other small Christian schools. Okay. But what I learned was that there is a lot to be said for technique in, in rebounding, uh, but technique will come naturally if you have tenacity, okay? If you, if you know what rules you can't break in order to get the rebound, but if you just make up your mind, when that ball comes down, it's going to be me up there grabbing it, uh, then you will. And you can have a team that is horrible at scoring, but good at rebounding, and they will win. They will win. Because if they're getting two shots for every one shot the other team takes, then your percentages might be lower, but you're going to win the game if you're shooting twice as much. That's why rebounding is so important. And what I would say to everybody listening today is you want to be happy. I know you want to be happy. You wouldn't be watching this if you don't want to be happy. But if you're going to be happy, you've got to endure so uh, next two weeks will be good. All right. So we are approaching the end here. Number 10 is commitment. This is the last one. It is commitment. And we have two verses of scripture to give you um, from first Peter. The first one's chapter three, verse 14. It says, but and if, <laughs> but and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. If you suffer for righteousness. In other words, if you are doing what is right, and you suffer because of it, then what that's saying is that you're committed. You're committed because you're you're doing what's right to the extent that somebody doesn't appreciate it, but you're doing what's right anyhow. Now, I'm not talking about being obnoxious. There are a lot of people who think they're doing right and it's turned them into a, a jerk. That's not what we're talking about, okay? There are a lot of self-righteous jerks out there that... Uh, this is not you, okay? But if you suffer for righteousness sake, that means you're committed. You are happy. The next one is uh, one chapter later, 1 Peter 4, 14. Uh, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. 
So if you suffer for his namesake, if you are reproached for his namesake, you are happy. And here's the thing. Um, Many times people will turn to the Lord in a difficult time because they feel like he is the God of hope, and he is. And if I turn to the Lord, he will grant me good luck, right? And, and, and you get in it and you know what, sometimes maybe you get a little bit of, you know, good luck right there at the beginning. Um, but inevitably trouble's going to come in scare quotes. Good luck. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For those who, yeah, yeah. If you're listening and not watching, I did the, the peace sign and, you know, air quotes. So, uh, yeah, but inevitably trouble's going to come. Trouble is going to come. But if you're, if you're locked in, and you're committed, then you will find that that commitment will give you something very, very special. Um, I have just, we just have a little over a minute to go. So let me just try to throw this in quickly. Um, I got saved in the sixth grade. And after the eighth grade, my eighth grade year in school, um, I was called to preach. And uh, I got to tell you, that didn't go over real well with some of my high school classmates. And um uh, it, it didn't go over well at all. And here I thought the Christian life was so cool because I had the coolest youth pastor in the world. He could play the guitar, sing, he could play basketball. He was just Mr. Cool guy. And I thought Christianity is just the coolest thing going, but I found out straight out of the gate that you are reproached and you suffer <laughs> for doing this. And I went through a period where I thought, okay, this is really awesome but this is also really terrible. <laughs> you know, uh, am I going to cave in because it's terrible or am I going to stick with it because it's awesome? And what I would say to you today is this, you need to lock in. You need to lock in and be committed because that is when you will find the true happiness in Christian living. So we have uh, about 10 seconds left. So uh, thank you for listening to these last few weeks that we've been talking about and the ingredients of happiness. I hope this helped you. Amen. We'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.